is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. Guys, thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off the Script. This is your Monday Night Raw post show for April 11th, 2022. I am your host, JD from New York. As always, coming to you live from the OTS venue. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. Monday Night Raw, man, all over the place. Monday Night Raw was all over the place, not in a particularly good way. WWE all over the place tonight. Cody Rhodes wrestled his first match in six years on Monday Night Raw against Mike Mizanin, the most boring wrestler on the entire WWE roster. Maybe the most boring pro wrestler on the face of the planet, Mike Mizanin. Thankfully, this was nothing more than a one-off match. Otherwise, they may have more to say on that. But that pretty much is the gist of the Cody Rhodes situation tonight. All this did was lead to a second match between Seth Rollins and Cody Rhodes at WrestleMania Backlash, which, by the looks of it, is going to be nothing more than WrestleMania rematches. WWE wants to recreate WrestleMania all over again because they can't get enough of it. They can't get enough of it. They can't get enough of bragging about their analytics and boasting about it all over social media. I'm sorry, Bruce. I'm sorry, Vince. You had eight hours of fucking content over the goddamn Super Bowl, which was only three hours. Give me a fucking break with your bullshit analytics, okay? It's easy to boast about your numbers and beating the Super Bowl when you put out more content than the NFL does during Super Bowl Sunday. I don't buy that for one fucking second, man. Take that shit and shove it up your ass. Cody and Rollins, WrestleMania backlash. That's that. The big thing going into tonight's show was the unification of the WWE Tag Team titles. Did we get a unification match? No, we did not. Are we on our way there? It looks like we are still on our way there. And nobody has decided to change their mind in the 11th hour in WWE Creative. This has been something I've asked for for the last six years. Six. I called it. I was the only one taking my spear, leading this charge, leading this army on unifying the tag team championships. Merge the divisions, I've been saying. Nobody listens to me, man. I'm one of the most... Brightest minds in the community. Nobody listened to me. Bruce Bruce could fucking have me at his services, man, for free. And nobody utilizes the fucking knowledge that I have on this dying creative product. We're getting it. 
And I hope to God, WWE sticks with the plan. Looks like it's going to be RK-Bro versus the Usos for the unified WWE Tag Team Championships. When do we get it? I thought we were going to get it tonight because Roman sent them over there on Friday or over to Monday Night Raw on Friday. But it looks like we're getting this match at the pay-per-view because this is a major money match and there is a unification that is going to be attached to it. So I'm glad that WWE is still driving down that road of unification and merge the divisions is still in play. WWE had Tommaso Ciampa debut on Monday Night Raw alongside Ezekiel, Elias, and Kevin Owens. That was pretty much it. Very innocent debut for Tommaso Ciampa tonight. Nothing really out of the ordinary. They didn't change his look outside of having him go to CVS and go get Just for Men for the beard which I don't really understand because the gray in his beard actually gives him a more unique look. It's the reason why I don't take the gray out of my beard. This is a very difficult look to attain. I wake up with this look every single day, so fuck off. And I actually quite like it. I quite like it. It's distinguished. That's what it made Tommaso Ciampa look like. It looked very distinguished for Tommaso Ciampa. WWE has this thing up. You can't look old on WWE television. Meanwhile, the fucking person writing the goddamn show is Bruce Pritchard, who is in his 60s, and Vince McMahon is 76 years old. No, but Tommaso Ciampa can't look old. Thankfully, they didn't change his fucking name. They didn't cut his name in half. They didn't change his fucking name. You know, the uh, Sicilian psychopath over there, Tommaso Ciampa, they could have come up with anything to give Tommaso Ciampa. Thomas Calzone... Fucking uh, Tommy uh, Franchise, Tommy, uh, I don't know, Ragu, Muscles Fraud Diablo Champa. I don't know what the fuck. They could have came up with anything for this fucking guy, man. Thank fucking Christ they didn't come up with a goddamn name. But it's still early. It's still early, man. Seriously. Tommy Canoli could have named him anything. But it's still early, man. It's one day. Who's to say Vince doesn't change his name? Who's to say Vince doesn't bury him by week four? Nobody knows. Nobody knows what this fucking madman is capable of, man. On any given day, he could ruin a life. Vince McMahon. So that was innocent. We didn't really get much of him. They did change Austin Theory's name. He's now known as Theory. I have a theory. I have a theory that this show fucking sucks. That's my theory every single fucking week, Vince. Was there a reason to change his name? Of all the fucking problems that you have in this company, on this show, that's the one thing you wake up and you address. Ah, you know what I got to do, Bruce? I got to change Austin Theory's name. What did Stone Cold fucking stun his first name out of here? I mean, give me a fucking break, man. Austin Theory is no more. It is now just Theory. We all have a theory in this chat. Bruce Pritchard is a fucking slob. That's my fucking theory. What else happened on this show? Oh, yeah, Sonya Deville. Oh, yeah, I can't forget the fucking vampire either. Damian Priest. Fucking vampires running around on Monday Night Raw. Let's start with Sonya Deville. Sonya Deville 
She had an open contract. Here I, here I thought Oscar was coming out or, or, or returning Bailey. Thank Christ it wasn't Lacey Evans. Holy shit. Can you imagine that? Got to hear about her fucking bitching and moaning about her mother and her goddamn daughter. Give me a, give me a break. Sonya Deville is now the new number one contender because she gave Bianca Belair the option to sign an open contract because Bianca Belair is a dumb baby face. Without asking who her opponent was going to be, she signs an open contract, which then leads to Bianca Belair getting fucked over by Sonya Deville. So that's your match going into WrestleMania Backlash. Sonya Deville hasn't done a fucking thing to get a women's championship match, and here we are, man. Bianca Belair's reign already starting off with illogical booking. Great job there, Bruce. I'm glad you woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. Or the right side of the bed as it pertains to you. Because what you think is right mostly is wrong. And then Damian Priest. Damian Priest had a match against AJ Styles that I was kind of looking forward to. This is the start of Damian Priest's new presentation alongside Edge, who we did not see on the show tonight. Match didn't end with a phenomenal forearm. The match didn't end with a uh, reckoning or a South of Heaven choke slam. Didn't end with a calf crusher. Didn't end with a Styles clash. The match ended because Damian Priest called for the lights to go out, and then he sends us to a commercial break. But before we see the commercial break... Damian Priest is looking into the camera with this purple glow about him, and he looks like a fucking vampire. Maybe I should call Simon Belmont up, man. What was your favorite uh, accessory in Castlevania, man? I always loved the fucking boomerang cross. That or the holy water, man. It can't go wrong. Looks like we may have vampires running around on Monday Night Raw, man. How soon before they fucking get Wesley Snipes for a WrestleMania fucking cameo? More magic. Here, I thought the magic went away when Alexa Bliss got married. Now we got more fucking magic in the form of Damian Priest and Edge. And whoever else is going to fucking join this uh, vampiric stable on Monday Night Raw. Next thing you know, they have fucking blood dripping from their goddamn mouth like Shayna Baszler did with Becky Lynch. Holy shit. This show sucks. Friday Night Smackdown sucks, man. It's a fucking laughing stock on Monday night. When they do shit like this, it is a fucking laughing stock. Yet I got to hear fucking people bitch and moan about me that I'm way too fucking fair with AEW, man. Seriously, Malachi Black doesn't do fucking magic. He spits black mist in your face. That is hardly magic. I don't want to hear that the similarities are there between Malachi Black and the House of Black and what Edge is da- and, and Damian Priest are doing. Nobody's shutting the fucking lights off, man. The lights are already out when he comes out. He's not fucking shutting them off to win matches. Jesus fucking Christ, man. I hate this. I hate this show. I seriously hate this show. I mean, there's... There's maybe one or two things I like about this show, and they're all Cody Rhodes. For the last two weeks, they are all Cody Rhodes. Go figure. Go figure. Where was he about two months ago? We're going to go over this shit show tonight on the Off the Script post show. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Monday nights, wherever you may be. It's going to be another busy week, man. I'll tell you what, it it, it was nice to take the weekend off. My voice is back to normal. 
as you guys can probably tell already. Voice is back to normal. I, I did not do anything as far as content is concerned with anything on the channel this weekend. I needed that rest. I needed that time away. And I'm glad I'm back in front of you crazy fucking savages, man, on a Monday night. It's going to be another busy week, though. Tomorrow, we got some WWE 2K22 My Rise already recorded. We got NXT tomorrow night. It's going to be a big night. We got new tag team champions being crowned after the disaster that was MSK and Kimberly and all that she caused on social media. Gauntlet match for the NXT tag team titles tomorrow night. And we got Solo Sokoa versus Cameron Grimes to the moon. Cameron Grimes tomorrow night on NXT. I'll be live after that show goes off the air. So make sure you guys join me if you care about NXT. Wednesday, we got Dynamite. Thursday, probably another live off the script, episode 426. Friday, I will be in Queens at House of Glory on Fight TV. No SmackDown and Rampage, man. I'm kind of sad because Rampage is going to be live, and we got that Adam Cole versus Adam Page world title match. I'll have to catch up with that after House of Glory on Friday night. Saturday, we got Battle of the Belts, number two, man. I may be live for that. I'll keep you guys posted. Best way to keep posted is Twitter, at JD from NY206. That is on Twitter and Instagram. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Make sure you guys hit that thumbs up. I see 555 likes on the live stream right now. I need 1,000, minimum. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about that, man. If you're in the chat and have not hit the thumbs up, I don't know what the fuck you're doing. I don't know. Why are you even here, man? You drinking? You're hanging out and you haven't hit the thumbs up yet? That's like going to the bar and not tipping your fucking bartender, man. Hit that thumbs up. Super chats are open. Get them on in. We'll hang out at the end of the show. You let me know what you think Tommaso Ciampa's new name should be. I vote Thomas Calzone, man. Who doesn't like a good Calzone? Hit that join button. Become a VIP, a.k.a. channel member, right here on Off The Scripts. We got over 500 channel members. 500 VIPs, man. That VIP place back behind me, man. That VIP room is filling up. I may have to build a bigger venue one of these weeks. I'll surprise you. So hit that join button. Become a VIP. You guys get those emotes and those badges next to your name. Always great to be a VIP right here on OTS. Go check out all the other videos you might have missed, man. There's a ton of content, man. I can't go over it all because there's just so much of it. I was live seven days straight up until Friday SmackDown last week. It's all on the homepage. Go and check it out. We just hit 132,000 subscribers as well on YouTube. Thank you guys very much for that. That happened right after WrestleMania. So thank you to everybody that's joined, new and old. Go get your t-shirts. Bonfire is the exclusive home of Off The Script. Bonfire.com. And tonight's show is sponsored by my great friends over at Blue Chew, BlueChew.com. You guys are going to use code JD at checkout for your free sample. What you guys are going to do is turn down the lights like Damian Priest did, pop a couple of Blue Chew, and hopefully you turn into a fucking vampire as well, but in a good way, man. In a good way. And that's all going to happen with Blue Chew, BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout for your F-R-E-E sample, free sample. And I want to thank them for once again supporting off the scripts.
Let's start at the top, man. We started off with Cody Rhodes on Miz TV. Now, I posed a question on social media before we actually got into the show tonight. Did not really understand why Cody Rhodes was scheduled to face the Miz one-on-one. I understand that Cody Rhodes is now seeking the unified WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship. I get it. The only way he gets there and the only way he looks legit is by winning matches. What better way to win matches than starting off with one of the most boring, one of the most safest pro wrestlers in the game. That is The Miz, Mike Mizan. I get it. What I didn't understand is why is WWE doing this so soon after Cody just wrestled at WrestleMania? The one thing I did not want, and I hope is still the case, that Cody Rhodes doesn't wrestle every single week on Monday Night Raw. Otherwise, Kingdom, his theme music, and his appearances, and the fucking pyro, and the -the over-the-top, nonsensical fucking presentation of Cody Rhodes, it is going to get old. And nobody is really going to appreciate it as we appreciated it at WrestleMania. That's just the cold, hard fact. You can't see something that often and have it remain special. You're going to find it to be overbearing and just a little bit too much. WWE had the Miz in the ring tonight. Out came Cody Rhodes. They blew their fireworks budget. They blew their pyro budget on Cody Rhodes legitimately in about 15 seconds on Monday Night Raw tonight. A little bit too much. A little bit too much. I understand that Cody is big and he's a big deal. And Cody Rhodes would not have it any other way. But I don't think you really need that type of presentation on Monday Night Raw. You don't. But that's WWE. And they always love to take something that is very good and Going right and fuck it all up. So the Miz is in the ring. Fans are booing. He yells back at them. Please tell me how you really feel in Detroit. He told them their opinion doesn't count because they cheer for the Lions. Cheap heat by mentioning a shitty football team in the city of Detroit. He introduced the American Nightmare. Cody Rhodes came out. Big fireworks. Big entrance. Big deal. Cody Rhodes. So, Miz said the same thing that I said on social media. They broke their pyro budget and did it all on Monday Night Raw. While Cody Rhodes celebrates himself, he asks if he was trying to upstage him on his own show, Miz TV. He asks if he's an egomaniac who doesn't care about anyone but himself. Cody told him not to begrudge him in this moment. It's been a long time since I've been able To be in front of a crowd like this. A crowd like what, Cody? Detroit? You've been in front of other crowds much larger and much louder than Cody Rhodes with that other company. Detroit isn't the type of crowd that you are really comparing to a raucous Chicago crowd in AEW, right? Give me a break. Chicago, New York, right? Who, where, where else? Las Vegas. Give me a break, Cody. I mean, now that you're a WWE shill, I should say, now everything's got to be, oh my God, everything in WWE is the best ever. No. 
So Cody told him not to begrudge him. And he started playing up to the crowd because they started chanting, Cody, Cody. Miz asked if they can finally get this started. He said last week he explained that he returned to WWE to make his dad proud. Fans chanted for Dusty. Miz says if it weren't for his family name, he wouldn't be the grandson of a plumber. He would be just a plumber. Cody said sarcastically, ah, you know, you know, Mike, you're very clever with that. I haven't heard that one fucking before. Cody said a plumber would be handy now because Miz is completely full of shit. He didn't obviously say shit. He stopped himself, but says, you guys know what I meant, right? He says he hasn't changed a day. The Miz hasn't changed at all since he's been gone. He said he is arrogant and obnoxious and a full-blown carny. He said the fact that he embraces it so bravely makes him reliable. Good old reliable Mike, he said. He asked the Miz, do I look the same to you? What do you think I've been doing for six years? That was obviously in line with Detroit chanting AEW, which I was hoping that they would do, but Detroit sucks and they didn't play along Clearly because they're unintelligent. So they didn't play along with Cody leaving the door wide open for a nice AEW chant. They did not oblige. And every piece of that road provides me with crystal crystal clear clarity, not on what I want to do, but what I need to do. I need to win the undisputed WWE Universal Championship belt, he says. Belt. Miz leaned in and said, it's a title. A belt holds up your pants. Now, I don't know if the Miz was wearing an earpiece and getting orders from Vince McMahon or if that's just something Vince McMahon has uttered to legitimately everybody in the locker room that a belt is not to be uttered on WWE TV and that it's a title. Because that's a Vince McMahon quote. It's a title, not a belt. A belt is used to hold up your pants. So the fact that Cody said belt, I don't know if he's quite in with the lingo that Vince McMahon has adopted backstage in WWE. Or maybe he has, and he said, fuck that. I'm going to say what I want. Cody is old school. I'll get back to that in a second. Miz said anyone who beats Seth Rollins definitely deserves to be in a title match. He said he heard from a little birdie that Seth Rollins wants a rematch, and this time he won't be able to surprise him. He says he doesn't like his chances because Seth is an architect. He said he doesn't like his chances against him later either. Miz said with everything that happened at WrestleMania, more people were talking about Cody than anybody else. Miz protested and said that when his hand goes up, your mouth goes shut because the crowd started yet another Cody chant. So Miz said he destroyed the Mysterio family and then embarrassed that social media megastar Logan Paul. He said everyone wanted to talk about Cody, though. So he stood up and began complaining and venting. He said they all know where he's been for six years, but now you're on my show. He yelled in Cody's face. Cody held up his hand and asked him to settle down. He says he's going to tell him something he's maybe never heard on his show before. I respect you, Mike, and all of your accomplishments here. 
And I sense this hostility is because maybe you feel a little bit threatened by me. Cody then says he has zero problems with Seth Rollins because he gave him a tough fight. He says he's happy to give Seth a rematch. He said Miz, though, is being disrespectful. Cody said he knew when he came back to the WWE there would be criticisms and there would be doubt. He said he'd be mature enough to handle it all, no matter what. I came back to beat the very best wrestlers in all of WWE. There's another key word there, wrestlers. They're not wrestlers, they're superstars. Miz corrected him and says, superstars. Cody said, superstar wrestlers, whatever it may be. He said he has enjoyed their chat, but he's really looking forward to his first match on Raw in six years tonight against him. Cody Chance broke out, and Cody said, may the best man win. Shoved the microphone in my uh, the Miz's chest, and then patted him on the shoulder as he tried to walk away. Miz tried to sneak attack from behind. Cody sidestepped him, threw him through the middle ropes to the outside, and that was pretty much the end of the segment as the Miz retreated up the ramp. I don't know if the Cody trigger words were something he did on purpose or if it was something that he just genuinely forgot. I think Cody Rhodes would be kind of up in the know about the things that kind of piss Vince McMahon off. I mean, it was something that AEW has made fun of and made light of for years. So I don't know if it's done on purpose or if Cody's genuinely forgotten the moment. I doubt it. But if WWE's presentation of Cody Rhodes is going beyond what Vince McMahon wants from everybody, meaning when the word title is supposed to be said, Cody says belt, or if the word superstars is supposed to be said, Cody says wrestlers, or the term wrestling is said on WWE TV, all those different little all those little different things that we are not accustomed to hearing. If Vince McMahon has allowed Cody Rhodes to go out there and say those things because that is who he is, and that's the embodiment of what his father was, and it's going to help aid him in this storyline moving on to the WWE Championship, I say great. Cody should be presented unlike anybody else. If everybody else has to fall in line, with what WWE wants as far as their trigger words and all this other shit, but Cody Rhodes is not going to be zinged for something like that, great. It adds to the overall presentation of Cody Rhodes. So it's going to be very interesting to continue to watch him go out there and say these different things. And if it happens more than once, you know that it's all part of the Cody Rhodes act. But I actually quite enjoyed that because it was a breath of fresh air. You don't normally hear those and it's not like it's out of the ordinary to say those things. Those, those words are regular lingo. That's the regular talk. WWE wants to create this own little universe where they got their own little rules in this fucking bubble. Meanwhile, the majority of the people are out there saying the same words that Cody Rhodes went out there and said, we, I, I never refer to a WWE superstar in conversation with somebody. Hey, man, did you see that WWE superstar? No. No, they're pro wrestlers to me. They're wrestling to me. A belt. That's the way I call it. Not a title. A belt. A championship belt. Goes around your waist. I hope Cody Rhodes' presentation remains that way because it definitely presents him as something 
different. And he needs to be different. Otherwise, he's not going to be special. This actually wasn't that bad at all. It wasn't that bad at all. And I was expecting a lot worse with him being on at Miz TV, but they handled that well. It set up the match pretty well, and it did what it needed to do. And it got everybody in the know about a potential rematch with Seth Rollins at WrestleMania Backlash. No harm, no foul here. Very innocent opening segment, and I thought Cody and The Miz handled this very well. Veer Mahan. He went one-on-one. It was supposed to be Rey Mysterio. I don't know what happened to Rey Mysterio, but I'm glad that they did not do Rey Mysterio. It seemed like WWE may have jumped the gun on the Veer Mahan-Rey Mysterio match. Now, I get why they maybe changed the match, because I feel like they're going to need matches at WrestleMania Backlash. Now, I get why they booked the Rey Mysterio versus Veer match, because Veer last week attacked Dominic Mysterio. He attacked both Mysterios, but it's easier to go after Dominic first and then Rey last. So WWE axed that match, gave us Veer Mahan versus Dominic Mysterio this week because that was the one guy that the attack was really focused on last week. And we got this singles match between Veer and Dominic Mysterio. Now, Veer... There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed. And that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I have hopes for Veer. I really do. This is not like Jinder Mahal. This is not like Shanky. This is not like uh, anybody else that WWE has kind of portrayed in this similar fashion with uh, whatever they got going on with Veer. But I have hopes for Veer. I honestly think Veer looks the part. He looks fantastic. He looks like a fucking savage. He looks like a killer. And I don't really trust, the only thing I don't really trust is WWE's booking. Normally, they don't know what to do with guys like this, and they only take them so far, and then they kind of put the chain around their neck, and they reel them in. They don't allow them to go all the way. I mean, look at Omas. Look at what they did with Omas. They already have Omas peaking on Monday Night Raw, no matter who they put him with. You could put him with Paul Heyman, you could put him with... MVP, you can give him fucking anybody you want, man. You can resurrect Bobby the Brain fucking Heenan and put him next to Omas. It's not going to make a difference for Omas. Omas has already peaked. There's nothing about Omas anymore that really is special. There was nothing special about Omas. He was knocked off his feet, and that's it. That's it. Omas is somebody that's already reached his ceiling in WWE. I don't care about Omas at all. 
Veer, on the other hand, it looks like they may have somebody that is kind of in that same realm. If you remember what AEW was doing with Miro, with the TNT Championship, WWE has a chance to recreate something like that with Veer. The only thing that's going to hold him back is the fucking promo. That's what's going to hold him back. And I'll get to that in a second. This match was, in simplest terms, a squash. There's really nothing special about this match at all. Ended in two minutes. Ended in two minutes flat. Veer won with a submission hold. And Veer did not look bad in there. He did not look out of place. He threw his size around. He threw his strength around. And Mahan countered a dive at one point in this match. Caught Dominic Mysterio coming over the top rope. Caught him in a power slam position. Threw him against the barricade. And then he knocked Dominic down with a vicious clothesline that Jimmy Smith says was his million dollar arm clothesline. Now, if you guys don't remember, Veer actually was a part of the MLB baseball team, the Pittsburgh Pirates. I believe he was a pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates. So that reference goes in line with what Veer was previously before he decided to become a professional wrestler in WWE. He had another clothesline in the ring, applied this modified camel clutch submission, which I don't know if he has a name for it yet, and Dominic tapped out instantly. Mahan. After the match was over, let the hold go, and he applied it again on Dominic. After the match, Veer did not let go of the hold, and four officials ran out to the ring to pull Veer off of Dominic. He released the hold and applied it again. Medics then brought a gurney out, and they tried to carry Dominic to the back. Veer reveled in his chaos. I don't know where Rey Mysterio was. I don't know where Rey Mysterio was. They did not make any mention of Rey Mysterio. I don't know if he's in protocol for COVID. I don't know if he's injured. I don't know if he was out selling the injury from last week for Veer. But Dominic got beat up and his father wasn't there. I'm hoping we get some sort of explanation for why Rey Mysterio was not out there to help his son against this savage in Veer Mahan. Veer looked good. He threw his weight around. He did a, uh, I guess, a Luthez press, kind of. He has a vicious clothesline. The camel, cr- the camel clutch looks great. He's intimidating in the ring. He's grunting all over the place in the ring like Vince McMahon wants his heels to do, to look intimidating and fierce and intense. After the match was over, Veer walked up the aisle, and like I said, he kind of was in joy about the carnage that he brought down on Dominic Mysterio. They replayed what Veer did to Dominic. They showed footage of him being stretched out of the building, being loaded into the ambulance, and the ambulance driving away. So Kevin Patrick stopped Veer for an interview in the back and asked Veer why he attacked Dominic after he won the match. Veer said, I strike fear into the heart of any man. And that's all he said. Now I get that he's supposed to be intimidating, and I get that he's supposed to be fierce. But why do you make him sound and speak like a cartoon character? Why does he gotta, why does he gotta speak like a cartoon? He, he legitimately sounds like a fucking villain out of a Scooby-Doo cartoon. 
and we know about Scooby-Doo, they're turning fucking Pete Dunne into Scrappy-Doo. Puppy power. Why is he cutting a promo as if he's a cartoon fucking villain? Can't this guy sound intimidating by sounding like a normal human being? You know, you could shit on Tony Khan and you can shit on AEW all you want for some of the talent that is being mishandled over there. One of the things he got perfect was the booking and the handling of Miro. See the way Miro cuts a promo? Do you see the way Miro cuts a promo as far as what he's going to do to his opponents and what he's going to bring down upon his opponents? That is what Veer needs to be. It's not that difficult of a presentation. You get one of those fancy cameras and you shoot in 4K like they do over there. That's what Veer needs to do. You haven't come out, I strike fear in the heart of any man. Nobody wants to hear that. You sound fucking lame. They got something here. Because God only knows this fucking company needs a damn good, legit, believable heel. You got one here. And by the way, his beard looks fucking fantastic. He looks fantastic. I'm pro-Veer here. I'm not against Veer. I'm against WWE Creative. And I just have a feeling they're going to fuck this shit up. So he's 1-0. He's come to Monday Night Raw, and he's already seeking his carnage upon the Mysterios. More than likely, Ray will be back, and this will be a match at WrestleMania Backlash. Sarah Schreiber interviewed AJ Styles backstage earlier in the day. Styles said he's afraid, afraid of what Edge and Priest are going to make him do to them. Styles said Edge talked about his family, And when that happens, we have to throw hands. Styles noticed off camera that Damian Priest was walking by. Styles attacked him. Priest fought back. Bunch of referees and officials came to break this thing up. So this was earlier in the day before they actually had their match tonight on Monday Night Raw, which leads us to the match. AJ Styles versus Damian Priest on Monday Night Raw. This... You know, I could sit here and go over whatever the fuck they did in this match. But it's not going to mean a goddamn thing. Because WWE acted as if what you saw tonight did not even happen. I was kind of excited about this match going in. Because last week we had Damian Priest align himself with Edge. We don't have a name for this group yet. We don't have any other members right now, per se, joining Edge and Damian Priest. But what I said last week is that Damian Priest is aligning himself with Edge, who is fantastic. And I, am pr- I prefer Edge better as a heel than he is a babyface. I just think it comes off better. And I think this could be a real benefit to Damian Priest, where he was definitely lost, like he said in his promo last week. Definitely lost. And I do think that this will benefit him by working alongside Edge. How can it not work? If it doesn't work, it falls solely on the lap of Damian Priest. So we got this match booked this week. And again, it was a decent match up until the ending. And then they pretty much wiped everything away. Styles attack Priest very aggressive at the start because they have major issues with each other. Priest fought back with an uppercut. They brawled around ringside. Styles got the best of Priest on the outside. 
Priest avoided a charging Styles to take control of the match. Styles made it come back. Styles' forehead laceration from WrestleMania uh, opened up again, so we started to bleed a little bit again because, as you guys remember, he walked out at WrestleMania during the match with Edge, and he accidentally bumped his head into the WrestleMania star. That was the big set design on the stage. So it actually looked like that cut was uh, busted open again. So Styles made a comeback. He went for a phenomenal forearm. Priest kicked him out of midair, and Styles is on the outside. Referee's counting. Priest gets back in the ring, or he's in the ring already. Styles is on the outside. Priest is in the ring. He centers himself in the middle of the ring. And he puts his hands up in the air like he's Cain. Like he's about to summon some fire or, or, or something. All of a sudden, the lights start to go out. And it looks very similar to what The Fiend used to do when the lights used to go out. And The Fiend used to make his presence. The only thing is, the lights were going out and we didn't get all those weird sound effects that the Fiend had during his entrance. All of a sudden, the lights go completely out. We see that similar purple spotlight that Edge has been coming out and doing promos in. Camera does a close-up of Damian Priest in the ring. He's on one knee, and he smiles, and the light that's shining down upon him and the light that's shining in his face, you see this wicked smile in the purple spotlight you see the, the eyes of Damian Priest in this spotlight. They look black as the night. I swear to God, man, it looked like Damian Priest was out of a fucking vampire movie. And all of a sudden, he starts laughing, and we go to commercial break. We come back from commercial break, and the match is over. The match is over. They're not sure what they witnessed on commentary. I can't put my finger on it. I can't believe what Damien Priest looked like. And then all of a sudden, Jimmy Smith says, well, that, now that that's over, power has been restored in the Little Caesars Arena or wherever the fuck they were in Detroit, Michigan. So let me get this straight. You gave us an advertised match of Damien Priest and AJ Styles, two accomplished professional wrestlers. Damien Priest throws AJ Styles to the outside centers himself in the ring, drops to one knee, shuts the lights off because he puts his arms in the fucking air, smiles, looks like a vampire, and then you go to commercial break with the match being over. Did AJ Styles get counted out? Did the referee get his blood sucked by, by Damian Priest during commercial break? What the fuck happened? This is the shit that is going to ruin a gimmick. Before Edge even gets back and gives us the full-blown reason for what is going on, WWE already has Damian Priest shutting lights off and smiling in a purple spotlight so that it looks like fucking Bram Stoker's Dracula. No. No. I'm not dealing with this fucking magic bullshit again. I get that it's supposed to be spooky. I get that it's supposed to be different. I get that... I don't know what the fuck Edge is doing, but it's unlike anything Edge. Maybe he's studying the dark arts, man. Maybe he's studying Satanism. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. But I don't want magic being done on my wrestling show. We already seen enough of that with Alexa Bliss and The Fiend and fire and things falling from the goddamn skylight. 
We don't need that anymore. This is not 1990 where The Undertaker fucking had a, a powerful urn and we opened it up and all of his powers went flying out in the arena everywhere and The Undertaker was somehow mortal. No. Now, I'm a 40-year-old dude who doesn't want to see fucking magic on my pro wrestling show. Now, for all the fucking critics out there that are comparing this to the House of Black, the House of Black have absolutely kept it tame, playing fucking tarot cards and using Ouija boards and all that other shit that I'm pretty accustomed to watching all the paranormal shit that I watch, spitting black mist in people's faces. I get that you want to make a comparison, but there's no comparison here. There's none. The House of Black have been doing very normal things that I'm sure are a part of the satanic culture. This, I mean, do vampires even exist? Maybe. I don't fucking know. Why are we turning Priest into a potential vampire? Edge still hasn't given us a reason as to what his message is. Damien Priest went from cool dude who wanted to hang out with the sluts at the bar and have a nice cold beverage and be cool, born and raised in the fucking Bronx, to being a fucking vampire. Potentially. WWE did not even give us an explanation as to why the match was over. All of a sudden, the power just came back on and was restored in Detroit. Really? Are you going to tell me that AJ Styles was counted out? Because from what I see, from my point of view, magic ended the fucking match. If I want magic, I'll go play Magic the Gathering, get the Magic the Gathering, have MJF make fun of me. Or I'll go play fucking Diablo and summon up some fucking wizards. I don't want to watch it on my fucking wrestling program. Holy sh- no contest. Fucking stupid. What were you watching this weekend, Bruce? Huh? What were you watching this weekend? You were watching some old school werewolf fucking, uh, some werewolf flick? It's not Halloween, bro. Van Helsing? Please tell me. A lot of people were saying the Lost Boys. I think, I think Brucey was watching fucking uh, Blade. He was watching all the Blade movies with Wesley Snipes, bro. Seriously. Fuck out of here, man. Every single time Bruce wants to get funny on a weekend, he's got to take his fucking extracurricular activities at home to work on Monday or Friday. Enough. Enough. Fucking lame. Miz versus Cody Rhodes. This happened at the start of the 9 o'clock hour. Match wasn't bad. Can't really say it was a bad match. Cody was in it. I don't think Cody is really capable of a bad match. Went about 12 minutes or so. Bell rang. Cody Rhodes made his entrance twice in the hour. Goes back to what I said in the open of the show. You do something that many times and give that entrance to the crowd. It's not going to be as impactful and as special the second time around. Cody got that big pop in the beginning. He didn't really get that type of big pop when it came out a second time. That's how you ruin moments. That is how you make things not feel special anymore. That's just me, though. Sure you guys feel the same way about that. So Rhodes hit a delayed vertical suplex here on The Miz. Miz gained control. Rhodes was being beaten down by The Miz. After a commercial break, he started to make a babyface comeback. He dared Miz to hit him. Rhodes followed with a body slam, and he went for a cover. Miz got up at a two. 
He hit a suicide dive on the outside. Not, not really all that impressive of a suicide dive. Miz kicked his leg out of his leg and applied a figure four leg lock in the center of the ring on Cody Rhodes. Rhodes almost got a rope break, but Miz dragged him to the middle of the ring. Rhodes repeatedly smacked Miz in the face before turning the hold and countering the figure four until the Miz got to the ropes to break the reversal of the figure four. Rhodes hit a springboard cutter, followed by crossroads. Pretty much it. That was it. Match was fine. Crowd was into Cody. And Seth Rollins was out there sitting at the commentary disc, uh, disc desk without a headset on. And he was watching everything that Cody and The Miz were doing from the outside of the ring. Rollins entered the ring. And Rhodes was there celebrating his victory. He gets on the microphone and... Seth said Cody had every single advantage at WrestleMania because he didn't know he was going to be his opponent at WrestleMania. So Seth challenged Cody to face him again. Cody said, yes, absolutely. Jerry the King Lawler, who was on commentary this week and will be next week as well because Corey Graves got married to Carmella over the weekend. Lawler said Cody got reeled in. How did Cody get reeled in when in the opening segment with Ms. TV, he said he'd gladly give Seth Rollins a rematch no matter what. Cody did not get reeled in. He's just keeping his word. I don't think Jerry the King Lawler is listening all that closely in his return to Monday night. Kevin Patrick. He welcomed Tommaso Ciampa to Monday Night Raw. Now we know why Triple H was crying. When he said goodbye to Tommaso Ciampa at NXT Stand and Deliver Saturday afternoon, right before WrestleMania Night One, he knew what fate was going to be brought to Tommaso Ciampa. Right to Monday Night Raw, man. Monday Night Raw, where careers go to die. You know, I had fun with this on social media because there were uh, reports, too, in fact. One from Mike Johnson, I believe, the other from Meltzer saying that there was a spoiler and then it was confirmed later in the day that Tommaso Ciampa will be in Detroit. He will be making his Raw debut tonight on Monday Night Raw. Tommaso Ciampa comes out in this interview with Kevin Patrick. Rumors are circulating about Ciampa that he's going to be placed in this group with Edge and Damian Priest. That's all we need. Tommaso Ciampa to also become a fucking vampire along with Damian Priest. Rumors are circulating that Edge will enlist... Tommaso Ciampa and Rhea Ripley in his new ministry-like group. His new brood-like group. I think that's great. On paper, in theory, no pun intended, I think it sounds fantastic. Damian Priest needs it. Rhea Ripley absolutely needs it. And Tommaso Ciampa, him and Edge got a couple of similarities there. I think that would work out fairly well. But by the looks of what we saw Champa do tonight, I don't know what the fuck they're doing with Champa. I'm just glad we're able to walk away with a W tonight. He looked the same. He came out in his signature jacket, like we usually see him come out on NXT with. And he still has his full name intact for now. Before they cut Tommaso and just leave it with Champa, we still have Tommaso Champa. He's not fucking uh, Luigi Pepperoni. He's not. Uh, Tommaso Calzone or, or Tommy Calzone, Thomas Calzone. He isn't named after any obscure fucking uh, pasta. Tommaso Tagliatelli. 
He's not named after any fucking pasta, man. Tommaso Rigatoni. He's not named after anything. I thought Tommaso Ciampa was going to be buried on night one. I'm here to tell you that all is okay. All is okay. Don't worry about it. I'm sure he, I'm sure he loves a nice angel hair. That's Tommaso Ciampa. But he's still Tommaso Ciampa for now. He's interviewed by Kevin Patrick. Ezekiel walks up and said he wanted to welcome Tommaso Ciampa to Monday Night Raw. He said, listen, welcome to Monday Night Raw. My name is Ezekiel. I am the younger brother of Elias. Ciampa said, it was nice to meet you, Ezekiel. Kevin Owens then walks in and then said to Tommaso Ciampa, no, 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 no. That's Elias. That is actually Elias. So don't get fooled. He asked Ezekiel what he's trying to pull. He says he doesn't like liars. Ezekiel says, I don't know what's going on with you, but I'm Ezekiel. And he walks away. KO told Champa that I've known Elias for years. Champa said, listen, it's an easy mistake, but from what I can tell, that's Elias' younger brother. KO yelled, am I the only one that is still sane around here? It's time to grow up. So, I will say this, man. Even though it's amazing, Elias, or Ezekiel, Elias, he actually looks older without the beard, which is fucking bizarre. Most of the time when you shave all that facial hair off, you're going to look a lot younger. It actually worked in reverse with Elias. He shaved all that beard off, and he he actually looks a lot older without the beard. He looks younger with the beard. I don't know where the fuck this is going, but this conspiracy theorist, Kevin Owens, that is trying to tell everybody that Elias is still here on the roster, but he's parading around as Ezekiel, it is so fucking stupid, and it's so bizarre that I'm absolutely getting a kick out of it. And why am I getting a kick out of it? And why am I finding it humorous? It's because Kevin Owens. Everything Kevin Owens is a part of and everything Kevin Owens touches It fucking works. It goes to show you how great KO is. Now, I don't necessarily think this is a great introduction for Tommaso Ciampa if he's a part of this shit. If it ends up with Ciampa and KO, I'm all for it. I'm not going to complain about that at all. But the simple fact of the matter is that Kevin Owens wants to convince everybody that that is actually Elias and not Ezekiel. The way he comes off and the way he carries himself and the way he's ranting and raving about it, I find it very endearing, and I find it very funny. So I don't know where this is going, but Ezekiel is making it entertaining for me because I find great enjoyment out of Kevin Owens, if that makes any sense to you. We'll see where it goes next week. Apparently next week they're going to have a lie detector test, and that should be comedy gold because Kevin Owens is fucking great. Can't wait to see what they do. Liv Morgan. Liv Morgan versus Naomi tonight, one-on-one. This was not the scheduled match. Last week, Rhea Ripley said that she went to Adam Pearce and got a tag team title match for her and Liv Morgan against Sasha Banks and Naomi. So this was supposed to be a tag team title match for the women's tag titles. Liv Morgan beat Sasha Banks on Friday Night SmackDown, which I didn't really understand, and I still don't understand it. I don't know why... 
the tag team champions who just won the fucking titles on Sunday at WrestleMania a week ago is already losing on SmackDown. And it did nothing for Liv Morgan because she went right back to Monday Night Raw and lost to Naomi clean. So why did you have her beat Sasha Banks? That loss, or that win, I should say, ultimately meant nothing for Liv Morgan. So we got this match here. Liv Morgan and Naomi. So where's Rhea Ripley? Where's Rhea Ripley? Apparently they moved this tag team title match to next week. At least they gave an explanation as to why this match didn't happen this week. Rhea Ripley, uh, as Jimmy Smith said, is in COVID protocol. So she's not there. She'll be back next week. And we'll get the tag team title match next week. And the heel turn, potentially, next week of Rhea Ripley on Liv Morgan. And then uh, hopefully Rhea joins Edge in his new Ministry of Darkness 2022. But we got this match between Liv and Naomi. Not really much time here, about two minutes. That's all WWE affords these women. It sucks, I know. Naomi doing some of the best work of her career. And Liv Morgan, I'm a fan of Liv Morgan. I think she's come a long way to give these women two minutes on Monday Night Raw. I think that's a fucking shame, to be quite honest with you. Naomi character to Hurricanrana attempting to sit out powerbomb. They went back and forth with a couple of cradles. And Naomi got the better of it and got the pinfall over Liv Morgan. Very clean, very quick. Naomi gets the win back over uh, Liv Morgan that Sasha Banks could not give us on Friday night, ultimately eliminating Liv Morgan's win on Friday night. Good old 50-50 booking. I love how people were cursing at me. So oh, Liv Morgan's going to be put over. Sasha Banks put over Liv Morgan. Where? Do, do you understand what show you're watching? Nobody's put over here. Nobody. The women's tag team titles? <laughs> this fucking can. Fucking five cents on the dollar, man, if I recycle it. That's all it's worth. Give me a break. Naomi beats Liv Morgan. Two minutes. Good to know that Bruce Pritchard is pro women's wrestling. MVP. We got a VIP lounge. Supposed to be MVP and Omos! Yeah, the mighty Omos, right? Bobby Lashley's in the ring. Bobby Lashley has crashed the MVP lounge, or the VIP lounge. I got a VIP lounge, man. How many of you guys are uh, joining the VIP club, man? Hit that join button. Seriously. Fucking stealing my gimmick over here. VIP Lounge was empty. Bobby Lashley was the only one in there. Lashley said Omos was impressive. Impressive and Omos in the same sentence, man. Bobby Lashley's mic should have been caught immediately. And he barely made it out of the WrestleMania match. Said he felt his relentless power. Once again last week on Monday Night Raw. But that was because he was stabbed in the back by the one man he thought he could trust, MVP. He asked MVP to bring his punk ass to the ring to explain why he did what he did. Bobby Lashley not cutting a good promo here, man. Stuttering over his words. Crowd was giving him the watch chant. Nobody gives a shit. Anytime Omos is in something, the crowd is going to be very indifferent to it. That's how much he sucks. So MVP walked out with Omos. The best thing about Omos is his theme music. His theme music actually goes very well with who he is. MVP stood on the stage and told him not to be so emotional. 
Said his lawyers will be sending him a bill for any damages if he messes up the VIP lounge. So Lashley said he can shove that bill up his ass. He told him to get to the ring so he can explain himself. MVP said he would love to allow Omas to teach him another lesson in humility, but Omas is learning to be a businessman, so he'll wait for the right time, place, and money. He said Lashley was floundering before he linked up with him. He said he resented that he thought he didn't need him in WrestleMania. Lashley got angry and said he came back for a farewell tour. MVP came back for a farewell tour, and then he latched onto Bobby Lashley and made Bobby Lashley his meal ticket. He said he defeated Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. MVP says he was with him every step of the way to make sure that happened. MVP said that was the past, but this is the present, and he's looking to the future. He said Omos is bigger, stronger, and meaner than Bobby Lashley. He will take your place atop the mountain. He said Omos is smart enough to know that he needs him. Lashley told MVP that he'll chop Omos down again, and then he's coming to get him personally. Lashley then threw one of the couches over the top rope. A woman in the front row where it landed got scared shitless because she thought she was going to get killed right there in the front row with Lashley tossing this couch over the top rope. And that's the way the segment went off the air, with Bobby Lashley destroying everything in the VIP lounge. Do you care? I can't bring myself to fucking care one iota about any of this. Omos, I said this last week, and I'm going to reiterate it again. Omos is going to need more than MVP. MVP being linked up with Omos is not somehow going to give Omos miraculous pro wrestling ability the likes of fucking Adam Page. It's not going to happen. Omos is dead. The gimmick, the character, and the push is dead. It died at WrestleMania. That's it. There's nothing more to be done here. Nothing. He's not undefeated anymore. And Omos, he was knocked off his feet. Who gives a shit about Omos? I don't really understand this. People are like, oh, this is a great deal. I even said this is probably the, the smartest booking decision that they could possibly make with Omos. That doesn't necessarily make it good. It just means that you're all out of ideas. But the core problem is Omos. MVP's not going to turn Omos around. Paul Heyman's not going to turn Omos around. Nobody is going to turn Omos around. Nobody gives a shit. And this is beneath. Bobby Lashley. He deserves better. I think you're just running around in circles here. You're trying to do the same thing you did with Braun Strowman with Omos. But Braun Strowman had much more personality. A little bit more personality than fucking Omos. This is a fail. WWE is basically giving you WrestleMania rematches at Backlash. Every single match is going to be a rematch from WrestleMania. What a joke. I don't know how anybody doesn't see through this shit. If you think MVP being aligned with Omos is good and is going to work, you're as dumb as a box of fucking crayons. Seriously. This shit sucks. And nobody gives a fuck about either of these guys, which is sad because Bobby Lashley's been great. Austin Theory. He's backstage. 
told Adam Pearce that Mr. McMahon has assured him a United States Championship match next week. Oh, Finn Balor's definitely losing that championship. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. He said that he and McMahon have decided that he is now just theory. That Austin doesn't suit me anymore. I I don't understand it. Austin doesn't suit you anymore. So Stone Cold really stunned Austin out of his first name at WrestleMania. Is that what you're going on and telling everybody is the reason? You and Mr. McMahon decided that Austin doesn't suit you anymore. So now he's just named Theory. I have a theory. Monday Night Raw is the drizzling shits. I have a theory. Bruce Prichard sucks. I have a theory. Friday Night Smackdown is the worst fucking show on television. I have a theory. AEW Dynamite is the best pro wrestling show During your wrestling week. I have a theory. You're watching the best fucking podcast in the entire goddamn community on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, on a Friday. I have a lot of theories. I have a lot of theories. I have a theory that wrestling otaku is a fat slob. I have a lot of theories. I have a theory that Denise Salcedo is fucking boring. I have many theories, man. I should write a book on theories. This does not make any fucking sense. This is what you wake up and do. This is what you wake up and put on your list of things to do. Ah, I'm going to change Austin Theory's name, Bruce. We're going to cut his name in half. Of all the things that you have on this show that are a fucking problem, you want to change Austin Theory's name. It wasn't bad enough that you changed fucking, what's his name? Kaiser. Fucking Ludwig Kaiser on, on Friday Night SmackDown, right? Yeah, that's a great name. Ludwig Kaiser. Yeah, I'll get the uh, I'll get the number nine. Yeah. I'll get the number nine on a Kaiser roll, spicy mustard, lettuce and tomato on the side, please. And Gunther, right? And Butch, that you turned into fucking Scrappy-Doo. You fucking moron. Bruce Bray, yeah, theory. What's wrong with Austin Theory? Nobody can have a first... And a last name in WWE? I'm sorry. These are the things that I complain about, man. Now, more than likely, we'll get used to it. And more than likely, two months from now, it's not going to really be that big of a deal. But the fucking part that bothers me is it's unnecessary. It's more impactful as Austin theory instead of just theory. Who's theory? Theory could be anybody. Theory could be anybody. But Austin Theory is the guy that I think is a future piece of the company. And Finn Balor, man, holy shit, he's losing that title next week to Austin Theory, man. Finn Balor is absolutely dead to rights on this show. This is fucking sad, to be honest with you. Finn Balor is lost. Seriously. How much you want to bet that Austin Theory drops that, oh, Finn Balor drops that title to Austin Theory and then Finn Balor somehow gets mixed in with AJ Styles to give AJ Styles some backup against Edge and his fucking uh, ministry of vampires. I can see that being a thing. So KO crossed paths with Theory, called him an idiot. He then complained to Pearson DeVille that Steve Austin goaded him into a match when he was injured and now Ezekiel's pretending that he's Elias. 
He demanded to see his driver's license or birth certificate or library card. And Pierce said that's confidential. Chaos said he'd get to the bottom of it. How is his library card confidential? Says he wants to give him a lie detector test next week. DeVille said if it finally ends this fucking charade, fine, fine. Sonny DeVille then goes out to the ring and says, I have an announcement to make about Bianca Belair's next opponent for the Raw Women's Championship. We got a bachelor party and a bachelorette party happening with the 24-7 title. This shit is fucking so garbage. They got a bachelor party happening in some fucking nightclub in the arena on Monday Night Raw for Akira Tozawa and Reggie. Dana Brooke is having a bachelorette party with Tamina, a joint bachelorette party with Tamina, somewhere in the building, at a bar. They couldn't afford to go somewhere else in the building. And apparently, the 24-7 title is around Dana Brooke's waist, and R-Truth says, you're leaving the 24-7 title around Dana Brooke's waist with a crew of feisty women at a bachelorette party. This is disaster written all over, he says. So they all rush to the bachelorette party to try and save the day and try and save the 24-7 title. Somehow, Bruce Pritchard thinks this is humorous writing. I find it to be nauseating, and I pray to a fucking God above that this shit gets taken off my fucking television. I don't know why we're still doing the 24-7 title. I hope it ends next week with the fucking marriage. I really do. We're getting two weddings next week. Two. I hope to God that they're not full-blown weddings. Shit sucks. Queen Zelina. Another loser. Versus Bianca Belair. Two minutes. Like we've never seen this fucking match before. Same outcome every single time. KOD. That's it. How am I supposed to describe to you what happened in the two-minute match? K-O-D. Kiss of death. Just like Bruce Prichard is to fucking creative. The kiss of death. Afterward, DeVille walked out with a contract in her hand. And she's in the ring. DeVille congratulated Belair on her historic title victory at WrestleMania and her victory tonight. She asked the fans to cheer for the new champion. She said she's been asking who her next challenger is going to be. She said it wasn't the easiest task because there are so many viable opponents right now. DeVille listed Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, Carmella when she gets back from her honeymoon, Alexa Bliss, who she did not say got married on the same day as Carmella this weekend, Liv Morgan, Doe Drop, and Dana Brooke. <laughs> oh man, Sonia, you're a fucking comedian, Sonia. Dana Brooke for the Raw Women's Championship. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? Seriously. Like she's busy to come out and fucking challenge. Or she's got the balls to come out and challenge uh, B- Bianca Belair. She's busy in catering. Don't you know that we need that asparagus grilled perfectly and those baked potatoes coming out piping hot? Seriously, what about the pie that she bakes for everybody in the back, man? I heard she had some delicious oatmeal raisin cookies tonight. She still had the wherewithal to bake oatmeal raisin cookies 
And she had a bachelorette party to attend, man. What a talented woman Dana Brooke is. It's amazing. I heard there to die for. So Bianca Belair went on and I'm the greatest, I'm the fastest, I'm the bravest and shittiest, whatever. Whoever you got, let's do it. Open contract. DeVille said in her hands is an open contract. So if you're serious about defending the title against anyone, sign it. Belair said, "Ah, I see what you're doing. I see what you're doing. And she said, let's do it. Let's do it. She signed it. DeVille then said, it's time to bring out her opponent so they can make it official. DeVille said, this challenger is a generational superstar. And I'm like, ah, it's Bailey. We're going to get Asuka. We're going to get Bailey. A generational superstar that defied gender barriers and has broken down social norms and has impeccable grace and style. Right then and there, when she said defied gender barriers, I knew it was going to be Sonia herself. DeVille, on top of all this, had Belair looking at the stage, attacked Belair from behind, chopped her knee out, and she slammed her to the mat with the DDT. Saxton says, you can't be serious. Jerry Lawler was screaming, I knew it, I knew it. Pierce then came out and yelled at DeVille. DeVille left. Pierce checked on Belair and explained to her what had happened here tonight. So, Sony DeVille is now the new number one contender for the Raw Women's Championship. You know, I was initially going to shit all over this because it doesn't really make sense for Sonya Deville to challenge somebody, uh, to somebody, for Sonya Deville to challenge somebody, let alone the fucking champion, at a pay-per-view for the Raw Women's Championship. But who else is there? WWE, it's easy to do Becky again, or Bailey, or Asuka, right? Those matches need to be saved for a bigger stage instead of doing WrestleMania Backlash. And everybody else that she mentioned, Carmella, Alexa Bliss, Liv Morgan, Rhea Ripley, Doe Drop, Dana Brooke. I mean, none of those women are viable options at all. At all. They're not going to be on TV. Carmella's going to be off TV for the next couple weeks. Alexa Bliss is going to be off TV for the next couple weeks. Until she comes back after her honeymoon. So is Carmella. Rhea Ripley's about to break up and form an alliance, hopefully, with Edge. And then Doe Drop, Dana Brooke. Those aren't contenders. I find it funny how she didn't mention Nikki Ash. She's about on her way out of WWE. She's about to fly right into a fucking brick wall on Nick Khan's budget cut list. Sooner or later. So, Sonya Deville is the number one contender because she manipulated the system as a WWE official. I don't mind this. Now, the thing is, this is a fresh match. Fine. Thumbs up. I'm all for fresh matches. Sonya Deville cannot go back to being a WWE official. The division needs her more as an active in-ring competitor than WWE needs her as a WWE official. We do not need two GMs. We don't. And with this happening, I hope somebody makes a decision that she stays in the division and she is no longer a WWE executive. 
It also gives me hope that WWE may be somewhat ending the brand split and we don't need two general managers or commissioners, officials who make these matches, constables, whatever the fuck you want to call them. Adam Pearce is the only one that needs to be in that role. The division needs Sonya as an in-ring competitor more than WWE needs her as an official. So I'm glad that they're finally moving her from that role and into the ring. But she can't, after this match is over and she inevitably loses, she can't go right back to being an official. By you doing this, you're revoking all your power. You're done. You're giving up all of your power. You manipulated the system, and if management lets this one slide and she gets this match and loses, only to go back and get the position that she once had as an official... I don't know who the fuck is running shit back there, but clearly you're a blithering fucking idiot. You got to make sense of it. You can't have this woman do one thing and then go back and do the other thing. That's a major logic gap. That's a major loophole. I'm glad they're moving her on into the ring. She's very good. And I hope she stays there. But when she's there, I'm telling you right now, there's no way I want to see her back in that official outfit. That suit. She's in the ring. She stays an in-ring competitor. It's that time. They need her more than they need anything right now. Female wrestlers, women's wrestlers on that roster. The more you have, the better. Seriously. They showed the bachelorette party. Tamina told Dana that after their honeymoons, it's open season for that 24-7 title. In walked Angel Garza who apparently has criticized the fans of the WWE product. Another one who is just towing the company line. And Humberto Carrillo. They did their kiss cam, and they kissed Tamina and Brooke during their bachelorette parties. Nikki then came in, Nikki Ash, trash, came in and introduced male strippers. These may have been the worst and the most cheapest Strippers, male strippers I've ever seen in my entire life. Seriously. I don't know where they got them from, but Detroit apparently doesn't have a lot of them to go around. Probably pick two fucking geeks from the crowd and pawn them off as male strippers for this bogus bachelorette party. So one of them had a referee shirt on. Nikki rolled up Dana to win the 24-7 title, or tried to win the 24-7 title. She didn't win the 24-7 title. Tried to. Tamina beat up Nikki, threw her onto the bar, and then dragged her across the bar like you would see in one of those fucking uh, shit comedies. Sliding somebody across the bar and all the, the bar utensils and the bar top is flying off all over the place. Truth yelled for order. He said, nobody loves that 24-7 title more than me. He said, the love that keeps them all together, though, is the love that everybody has for one another. Not for the 24-7 title. He said, in the spirit of love, he presented a certificate that gave him the power to marry them. Next week on Raw. He ordered all 24-7 title matches to stop until then. He said there will be a double wedding next week. He asked for a what's up. And they gave him a what's up. Tamina, Tozawa, Reggie, and Dana Brooke all started dancing. And everybody was very joyous in this wedding season that's happening on this cringe program called Monday Night Raw. Awful. None of this made me laugh at all. None of it. None of it was entertaining. None of it made me laugh. I don't know why we get it every single fucking week. 
Same fucking shit. A replay ad of what Sony did to Belair. Backstage, Pierce told DeVille it was a total abuse of power. Who the hell do you think you are? She said, first, I'm an authority figure. And I'm the first authority figure to sign an open contract. And I will shock the world when I beat Bianca Belair. I said, great. Great. So now you're an in-ring performer. You're no longer a WWE official. He said she won't get away with it. She said there's nothing he can do to stop it. Don't be jealous, Adam, that I'm still in my prime. So hopefully WWE is very aware of this logic gap that is staring Bruce right in the fucking face. Don't you even th- don't you even think about it. Don't you even dare. Seriously. Alpha Academy made their entrance. Chad Gable said the only reason why they're... Shoosh, please! Shoosh! Alpha Academy made their entrance. Chad Gable said the only reason they are not champions now is because of distractions, especially from Gable Steveson. He said Steveson might have a gold medal, but his mind is far superior. He said Otis has the face of confidence. You look at that face. He grew his beard out. He grew his beard out. Me, I need to shave mine. That's the face of confidence on a tree trunk, he says. Said they'll win tonight and get one step closer to winning their Raw Tag Team titles back. So we got RK Bro, Randy Orton, and Matt Riddle versus Alpha Academy. This was same shit that we usually see between these. How many teams? How many times have these teams wrestled? How many times? Have these teams gone on and wrestled together? Seriously. Nothing new. Nothing new. Gable and Otis worked over Riddle through a break. He made the hot tag to Randy Orton. Randy Orton got the hot tag in. He hit the RKO on Chad Gable. And that was it. Don't know what you want me to say. That's pretty much exactly what happened. Matt Riddle being beaten down makes the hot tag. RKO. One, two, three, Alpha Academy are losers again. I'm asking myself, what's the main event going to be? There's got to be something happening here. We didn't know if the Usos were showing up or not. We didn't hear any sign of the Usos. In comes a limousine in the back. Out come the Usos, and they've arrived on Monday Night Raw. They make their way to the ring. They said they are the longest reigning SmackDown Tag Team Champions And they challenged RK-Bro to a unification match. Orton asked if they're going to come on their show and challenge them to a match for their titles. They were interrupted by the Street Profits. I didn't want the Street Profits out there. They came down the aisle. And they said that they should be next in line for a tag team title shot. You know, because they beat uh, Alpha Academy, American Alpha. Alpha Academy. Keep calling them fucking American Alpha. Alpha Academy. Shoes, please. Okay? Alpha Academy. Because they beat Alpha Academy. They think they're in line for a tag team title opportunity. See, this is the fucking problem. This is the problem. For everybody that has a fucking problem about me saying what I've been saying for the last six years, Alpha Academy and the Street Profits, how many times have we seen it? RK Bro and Alpha Academy... How many times have we seen it? So the Street Profits have beaten Alpha Academy. They deserve, according to them, a tag team title opportunity. 
How many times can you beat the same fucking team over and over again and cry that you want an opportunity? It doesn't work that way. Go out and venture out and beat new teams, bro. That's the way it works. And I'm glad WWE has finally opened up their fucking eyes and realized this. The division sucks. Especially the Raw side. They both suck. I don't know whose is worse. So they're out there. They want a tag team title shot. Montez Ford said they're using their bloodline privilege to jump ahead of the line. They're the SmackDown tag team champions. The fuck are you talking about? Roman said go to Raw, win the titles. If there's anybody that's in line for a tag team title shot, it should be the fucking Usos. So Ford said they want to beat RK Bro for the Raw tag team titles and then they'd be happy to beat the Usos and unify the belts. As the Usos and Profits were arguing, Orton told them to shut the hell up. He asked them to fight right here, right now, and then asked Detroit if they wanted the match. So he manipulated his way out of an Usos RK Bro match. He played them for fools. That's the going storyline here. It was supposed to be RK Bro and the Usos, but Randy Orton backtracked out of it, being that Montez Ford was crying about a tag team title opportunity. He brought it on the fans and he made everybody feel guilty when they overwhelmingly said, yes, I want to see this match. Then we got the Profits versus the Usos. And I'm assuming the winner of this match would go on to wrestle RK Bro and unify the tag team championships. I'm not sure if this was a title match or if the Profits had to beat the Usos and then it would be a triple threat match. I I don't know. Nothing was ever specified. Nothing was specified here. So I don't know if this was a tag team title match for the SmackDown tag team titles or it was if the Profits win, they get added to this eventual unification match. Nobody knows. So the match was fine. 15 minutes. We've seen this match before as well. Both of these teams work very well together. I will say, though, after I go through what happened here, I mean, there's a reason why this match happened. There's a reason why this match happened on this show. So, the Usos worked over Angelo Dawkins for a little bit, threw him right out to where Randy Orton and Matt Riddle were sitting at ringside. Usos got in the faces of Orton and Riddle until Ford wiped out the Usos with a big flip dive. He started dancing in front of Randy Orton. Usos were still working over Dawkins after a small commercial break. Dawkins hit his silencer before making a hot tag to Montez Ford. Ford hit some big moves, a high cross and a blockbuster on Jay for two. Jake came back with a neck breaker for a two count of his own. Street Profits hit a doomsday device blockbuster off the top rope for a near fall. Jimmy hit Dawkins with a super kick and Jay went for a diving splash, but Dawkins got his knees up. Ford tagged in, hit a big frog splash, but Jimmy barely broke up the cover as he went to cover Jay. Only a two and a half. Crowd was chanting, this is awesome in Detroit. Jimmy drove Dawkins into the ring post while Jimmy tagged himself in. The Usos then gave Ford the 1D for the win, and that was it. The Usos, thankfully, win this match, and they beat the Street Profits. And I'm assuming now, come WrestleMania Backlash, we're going to get RK-Bro versus the Usos to once and for all do the right thing after six fucking years. Unify the tag team titles and unify the tag team divisions. One by one, these divisions 
are finally being merged. Great. I think that's awesome. I hope to God WWE doesn't backtrack here, man. I have a sneaking suspicion that they'll once, you know, give us what we want and then they'll take it back. Then we'll see a a fucking second world title introduced. You can't stop here. You can't unify the world titles and then unify the tag team titles and then not unify the women's titles. You know, God forbid the the fucking women's titles are, are, are still floating around out there and not unified. Can you imagine Charlotte Flair crying, bitching, and moaning that she's not champion amongst an entire division of both Raw and SmackDown? Oh, she loves it. She knows that division sucks. She could be on top whenever the fuck she wants. When she loses the title, she could come out the next week and ask for a fucking title match anytime she wants, man. It's easy pickings for somebody like Charlotte Flair. But you gotta go a step further. You unified the WWE and Universal titles. You're about to unify the tag team titles. You got to unify the women's divisions. The only titles that should remain brand specific are the Intercontinental title. And you know what? And the brand split complete. I don't know why we have brand specific anything. I don't understand it. Just end it. There's no need for a brand split anymore. This show would be so much better if WWE had access to every single individual wrestler on the roster. It's not that difficult to book Monday and Friday every single week. Go the step further and merge the women's divisions as well. I hope that they stick with their plan. The Usos and RK Bro more than likely happening at the pay-per-view I do think the Usos will win the tag team championships. It just falls in line with everything that's going on with the bloodline. And I'm excited for it. And really, I'm excited for it. At the end of the match, we had the Usos stare down with RK-Bro for backing out of the ring. It seemed like Dawkins tried to attack Real for some reason. They spilled to the outside. Ford was left alone. Orton gave him an RKO. And that is the way the show went off the air. Actually, Orton was super kicked by the Usos. And then that's the way the show went off the air. Monday Night Raw, man. You know, this this was not a good show. This was not a good show. It, it was more of a setup than anything. We set up for the pay-per-view. We set up for these tag team matches that we're getting. It, it was not a good, it was not a good showing tonight. At all. And a lot of people are like, oh, why do you want the, the brand split to end? Look at the show you got. Look at the fucking show you got tonight. It wasn't good at all. I hope that WWE sticks with what they with, with what they got going on. I really do. This is the best that you're going to get. Tag team division that is floating across both shows. uh, A main event scene that's floating across both shows. It just needs to happen for the overall better health of the product. Seriously. That's all I got for you, man, on Monday night. I don't know how else to say it. Monday Night Raw was the drizzling shits tonight, as always. Cody. Again, without Cody, this show was... A fucking disaster. It's amazing what Cody's bringing to Monday Night Raw, man. Hit that thumbs up. We got a thousand, man. I appreciate you guys for that thousand. I appreciate you guys very much for that thousand. Continue to hit that thumbs up. If you guys have not done so, hit that join button. Become a channel VIP right here on OTS. Get those super chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show in just a second. 
But I want to thank my sponsor for today's show, man. That is Blue Chew. BlueChew.com. Code JD at checkout. You guys are going to get yourself a free sample, man. It's time to get off the couch, bro. Time to get off the couch, man. Time to get back into the bedroom, and Blue Chew can help. Confidence, man, it takes you far in anything you're doing. And when you feel confident, you're at your best, especially in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. That's where Blue Chew comes in. Blue Chew is a unique online service that provides the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis. But in chewable tablets, and it comes at a fraction of the cost, man. You guys can take them anytime, day or night. You can plan ahead, be ready when that opportunity arises. The process is very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com. You consult with one of their online medical providers, and once you're approved, you're going to receive your prescription within days. And the best part, it's all done online. No doctor's visits, no waiting in line at the pharmacy, no awkward conversations with somebody you've never seen before. And Blue Chew's tablets are made in the USA, prepared and shipped direct to you in a discreet package right to your front door. Now, I always talk about first impressions, man. First impressions are always important. You only get one. Sometimes you get that first impression. You only get that one first impression, but you want that first impression to be a lasting impression. That's where Blue Chew comes in, man. So make sure you guys... Hit up Blue Chew, bluechew.com for that extra confidence. Bluechew.com, code JD at checkout. All you guys got to do is pay the $5 shipping and handling. Bluechew.com, code JD. I want to thank them for once again supporting Off the Script right here on the Monday Night Raw Post Show for April 12th, 2022. Let's start at the top, man. Michelle Moran with a $5 super chat. Rey Mysterio should give in to a father-son feud because Dominic is getting punished for his refusal. And I fear 50-50 booking for Cody at Backlash. If Cody is challenging for the world title at any point this year, he cannot lose to Seth Rollins. Cody should not be losing, period. And Rey Mysterio, man, I don't want to see a right Dominic feud. I want to see Dominic down in NXT because Dominic has not progressed at all. And Dominic flat out sucks. I'm sorry. There's nothing about Dominic that is impressive at all. Jeremy Harris with a $5 super chat. Bad start for Cody. The Miz, really, he didn't deserve to be around Cody's presence. Not good. WWE is draining the life force out of us. AEW to Miz. Wow. Uh, Jeremy Harris, I don't know what the fuck you said in that super chat, but from what I gather, you're not really pleased that Cody was paired up with the Miz tonight. I didn't think it was all that bad. It was quite innocent. And Cody and Seth Rollins is going to be the feud going on into WrestleMania Backlash. So the Miz, we don't have to worry about him and Cody anymore. It was just a way for Cody to get some wins under his belt. It's the bigger picture you got to look at, man. The bigger picture. Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Hey, JD, it was my birthday today. Also, Raw sucked. Bradley Robinette. Happy birthday, brother. Everybody give Bradley Robinette some uh, beer emojis. 
as we cheers him on his birthday today. Also, Bradley Robinette with a 199 Super Chat. Also, when is the next episode of My Rise? Tomorrow. Or today. Tuesday. Unique Butterfly with a $5 Super Chat. Just had a question off the cuff. Do you think Bianca should ever turn heel or do you think she's better as a babyface? Oh, Unique, I think Bianca would be a great heel. I would love to see it. In fact, I'd love to see Bianca and Montez Ford as a heel duo. Husband and wife duo. I think at one point we will definitely see that. And then at that point, we know where Angela Dawkins is going to end up. Jabril Mohammed with a 999 Super Chat. And then he sends me another 999 Super Chat. Meant to send message on the first Super Chat. So here you go, JD. But am I the only one who got legit pissed off when Miz corrected Cody when he said wrestlers instead of superstars? I don't know why you got upset about that, Mohammed. We don't know if it was done on purpose or we don't know if Cody was genuinely forgetting that he's got to speak the WWE lingo. He still has AEW on the mind, man. Wrestlers, wrestling, belt. I don't know, man. This ain't Tony Khan. It's Vince McMahon. Unique Butterfly with a $5 Super Jet. Vince really gets his rocks off by changing people's names, doesn't he? Yes, he does. It's like he doesn't want you to have your own identity so he can control you. You nailed it. The Professional Gamer with the $2 Super Chat. JD, this show without Cody would be very painful. Oh, I know. I know all about it, bro. NBA Young Boy Fan. Well, they won 99 Super Chat. Thoughts on Braun Strowman's hilarious take on AEW. I'll save it for the podcast this week, bro. I'll save it for the podcast. Braun Strowman is a blithering fucking idiot, man. His IQ is less than. Less than. Seriously. His fucking tractor is more intelligent than he is. Joseph Taylor with $2 Super Chat. JD, why do you hate The Miz? I never said I hated The Miz. Who said I hated The Miz? I said The Miz is boring. I said The Miz sucks. He's not a good professional wrestler, bro. I never said I didn't like The Miz. I just don't like the way he wrestles. Coiled Phoenix with a $10 Super Chat. Finally, a tag team match worth watching on Raw tonight. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention. WWE gave the Usos and Street Profits in the main event of Monday Night Raw tonight because they took a page out of AEW's book. Man, they wanted to try and one-up the Bucks and FTR on, on Dynamite last week. That's why they did that. You know, also, they don't have a world title. You know, they could put the U.S. title in that spot. They don't give a shit about the U.S. title. They could put Finn Balor in the main event, make the U.S. title feel important, but they had a tag team, supposed to take some title match tonight, I think. And they only put those two teams on the main event because they wanted to try and one-up the Young Bucks and FTR. They wanted to show you that they think that they have the best tag teams in all the world. You don't. You don't. I'm sorry. I love the Usos, but they're not on the level of FTR, and they're not on the level of the Young Bucks. I'm sorry. Usos may be in the top five, but 
AEW reigns supreme with Tag Team Wrestling. Francis Loop. Actually, no, Core Phoenix. I'm sorry. I didn't finish reading your uh, $10 super chat. And they couldn't find someone better than The Miz as Cody's first match tonight. Seriously. Hashtag Boarfest 2022. I don't mind The Miz. It's over and done with. Hopefully, we don't see it again. I had this nightmare that Cody and Brandy were going to be uh, challenging Miz and uh, Maurice. I'm like, give me a break. Nobody wants to see Brandy on television. Francis Loop with a two-dollar super chat. Jamie Hader beat Sky Blue in the Owen Hart Cup. When did that happen? When, when did that happen? Did that happen on Dark? Why are we doing qualifying matches on Dark? Now it looks like we are headed towards that Tony Storm Jamie Hader match. I'm still trying to figure out why everybody's uh, interested in that match. I can't figure it out. Seriously. Ahmed Yusuf with a 199 super chat. Braun is da 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 dumb. <laughs> Rampage. It happened on Rampage. Oh, okay. When did it happen on Rampage? Two weeks ago. It might have been the Rampage I missed. Yeah, it definitely was the Rampage I missed, man. Probably during the Ring of Honor show. And fuck Dark, Jesse. Stop texting me about Dark, bro. Okay? Pour me a fucking drink, man. Uh, Amen. Thank you, bro. Um, ECW Hardcore to $5 Super Chat. WCW Dungeon of Doom. Crap with this Damien Priest magic finish. Keep up the good work, JD. Rich Gamble with a 499 super chat. WWE should hire you to be head of creative. Anyways, keep up the good work, Jay. The OTS for life. Bro, if I was head of creative, man, Monday Night Raw would absolutely be the best show on television. Easy. Boy, Reynalda. Thank you for a three month membership, bro. Hey, JD, my friend said that I am an AEW shield for telling the truth. He said AEW has the worst roster and said it's overhyped. Please tell Snorlax the truth. Snorlax is a fucking idiot. Sounds as dumb as wrestling Otako. And that Gareth slob. They got the best roster in all of pro wrestling, bro. Cut the shit. MGM Bolin with a six-month super chat. Thank you so much for the recommitment, fellas. Hoyt and MGM Ball. I'm not sure why it says three months when it's been five. Oh, well. Either way, I'm not going anywhere. I have a theory that YouTube is on its BS. Yes, I have a theory. YouTube and its live stream algorithm sucks. Now it says six. I'm confused. Uh, listen, bro, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know what to tell you. The one called Sash with a 1999 Super Chat. The Million Dollar Arm is the title of a movie based on Veer's life story. That's why Jimmy Smith used that. Yeah, but he also used to pitch for the Pittsburgh Pirates. That's why I thought he said it. Didn't he used to be a relief pitcher for the Pittsburgh Pirates? 
I didn't know we had a movie made about him. Veer had a movie made about him. Fahim Hader with an Australian $2 Super Chat. Almost needs to be put over by ending Roman Street. Fahim, I think you had too much to drink tonight, man. Get the fuck out of here. Bloodline will have all the titles. The next pay-per-view says Lauren Hunt with a $2 Super Chat. What, what titles? Then they need to add a female and then win the United States and Intercontinental titles. They're not going to have all the titles. They're going to have the tag team titles and they're going to have both world titles. Yes, let me reiterate what fucking Fahim Hater said. Omos needs to be put over by ending Roman Shriek. I think he's drunk, bro. Get him out of here. Get him out of here. No, nobody, nobody should be saying such things in my bar. Get out of here. Lauren Hunt with a two-dollar super chat. Do you see Orton versus Reigns down the line? No, I do not. Margaret DeSelva with a two-dollar super chat. Thoughts on Rollins' comments on Raw's length? He's correct. Raw should be two hours minimum, maximum. Never mind minimum, maximum two hours. Gavin Deeth with an Australian $5 Super Chat. Thankful we are not getting Miz versus Cody feud. Otherwise, we will be seeing Brandy versus Maurice. Bro, it would be the same thing that they did with Edge and Beth Phoenix at the Royal Rumble. Nobody wants to see it, and nobody wants to see Brandy on television, man. Keep her away from Cody's run. Steven Escalante with a 199 Super Chat. Love your honest takes and opinions. So do I. It's the only way I know how to be, bro. The only way I know how to be. I mean. <laughs> Where are you going to get honest takes from, man? Denise? <laughs> oh, man. You've been looking for years for fucking truth on that channel, bro. Brandon James Shea with a four-month Rhea. Thank you for the commitment, brother. Who will face Roman in WrestleMania Backlash? And Monday Night Raw is so boring to watch. Well, if you guys watched uh, SmackDown on Friday, it looks like it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura. Looks like it's going to be Shinsuke Nakamura for the uh, next in line. Nakamura's going to be an appetizer for Roman Reigns. Oh, yo, Jesse. I'm about to walk out of here, bro. Listen, you did a great job tonight, man. Great job tonight. I'm going to need you to count the money. We made uh, a decent killing tonight. Lots of beverages out. And I'm going to need you to uh, give TK my message, okay? I got to have TK call me, bro. Braun Strowman, he needs to be buried on social media. He can't be He can't be uh, defaming AEW, bro. Okay? We got to do something about this. And listen, I see you trying to suck up the Thunder Rose on Twitter, Bryce. I see you. I see you, clown. Mentioning Simon Miller. Fucking guy. Looking to butter up Thunder Rosa. It's Jesse. This fucking guy. Chris Elliott. 
Cheers to JD, the Don of the IWC with a 199 Super Chat. Thank you, bro. I'd put my name in the hat to manage Tony D'Angelo, man. I'd be better than that fucking geek he's got uh, coming out with him now. Anyway, guys, uh, I'll see you tomorrow night live on NXT, man. I'll be live for NXT. Thank you for everything, guys. Thank you for the Super Chats. Thank you for the likes. Thank you for hanging out with me tonight. Thank you for all the new members and the re-ups. I need two things from you guys before I get out of here, man. Number one, I need those guitar emojis in the chat. Mustang emojis for my VIPs. Hey, man, you know when that guitar solo comes on, man. I'm going to need that fucking music on max. I'll see you guys tomorrow night, man. We'll be back in the venue for NXT right here on OTS. I'll see you guys later.